Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Optimize Your Body podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And I am currently recording this in the UK. Long story short, some people have been listening to this podcast for a long time. Started this podcast over in Australia when I moved there like five years ago. Started about four years ago. And this is the first time I've actually been home in three years. So back in the UK for a few months, doing a bit of travel around Europe. And just thought I'd share that with you. It's been interesting coming back. Really, really good with the weather, to be honest. Very lucky. It's been a heat wave here. And if anyone knows anything about the UK, we're not renowned for good weather, right? So I've been very, very lucky. And anyway, just wanted to dive into it today, ladies and gents. And I wanted to cover some important things when it comes to training effectively for maximum results, okay? So how do we really get the most out of our workouts and how do we apply the right methods? Because let's be honest, when it comes to getting your body to respond, really, you want to be doing, you want to be getting results for the work you're putting in for minimum time. Like why do you want to be doing more than you need to or spending more time than you have to or just in the gym like a headless chicken or freestyling workouts and there's not really much structure there. You just not going to get bang for your buck and it becomes frustrating, right? When you're putting the work in, there's actually not much worse than actually putting the work in, showing up and not getting the results you deserve, right? So let's just quickly start with my experience in terms of training and, you know, competing and stuff. Obviously, I've been lifting weights for almost two decades now. And I used to do the typical kind of bro split training where I would hammer every body part. To be honest, when I first started training at the age of 16, I was literally just training chest and guns. And I'm not exaggerating, right? Literally chest and guns had legs like cotton buds or chicken legs, whatever you want to call it. And really, I was just out of proportion. Um, to be honest, I got good results. So and, you know, even by the age of 17, 18, I was in good shape, but I was way out of proportion. But I never stopped. And it's that consistency, which is the most important thing, right? Oh, I say to my clients, to be honest, you know, the worst program in the world done consistently is going to get better results than a world-class program done inconsistently, right? So consistency is always number one. But ultimately, getting maximum results. I started off doing bro splits, hammering every body part. Up until about probably about six, seven years ago, even when I was competing and stuff, I actually started, you know, looking into the science behind things and actually going, okay, so how can I get you know, when you've been lifting for that long, you know, to actually get your body to respond and get to the next level, it is challenging, right? Building muscle is no easy feat. So anyway, I started applying principles based on science and, you know, training my body parts more frequently. And that's a big thing I wanted to talk about today is uh, how frequently you hit each body part. So when it comes to people listening to this, for example, maybe you haven't done, most people listening probably have done strength training before. Some people might have never actually lifted weights. Ultimately, the cornerstone of your program, if you're looking to live longer, improve your heart health, improve your bone density, and first and foremost, you know, supercharge your metabolism and build an aesthetically pleasing, pleasing physique, lifting weights is always going to be number one in strength training, right? So how do you do that properly, though? Now, ultimately, like I said, you want to train your body parts frequently. So you want to be ideally hitting every body part at least twice in a week. And I'll delve deeper into that, right? how do you strength train for maximum results? So first and foremost, so I just wanted to talk about, uh, you know, technique right now, technique is always going to be king. You don't really need me to tell you that, but I feel like people don't place enough emphasis on this when it comes to going to the gym, lifting weights, building muscle, instead of looking at, this is a really, really good little tip. Instead of looking at your training, like a workout, right? I'm going to go in, going to get a sweat on, going to hammer my body, right? I'm going to push myself. So I come out of there and, you know, if I train legs, I want to make sure I can't walk for a few days. You know what I mean? That mindset that I used to be in 
when I used to absolutely annihilate every body part, I was doing way more than I needed to. And guess what? When I scale it back, I have better results. And this happens with a lot of clients as well. A lot of clients that take on their high achievers, type A personality, putting the work in is not the issue for them. It's having the direction and actually doing it the smart way. So technique, right? So look at it as practice, right? So just like you would any other skill or any other sports, for example, you're going to practice the sport. You're going to practice the skill. That could be anything. It could be a hobby like, Obviously, like I've said before, I do jujitsu. It could be playing tennis. It could be anything, right? But you've got to practice the skill of what you're doing. I don't know why, for some reason, we sometimes look at weightlifting like it's different to that. Like, I'm just going to go in. I'm just going to do the reps and get out of there. No, focus on it like a practice. You go into the gym to practice the skill of each movement. If you can switch your mindset and focus on, right, how can I get better at these fundamental movements? How can I get? How can I improve my squat? How can I improve my deadlift? How can I connect to my body better and actually practice the skill and improve on that? And then what happens is your body responds and you get better results as a side effect. Because in reality, the mechanics of each movement and also in terms of how much tension you apply to your muscles, remember this little tip as well, right? Your muscles, they're basically dumb, right? They don't know really how much weight you're lifting, for example, right? All they know is how much tension you're applying to them, right? So the mind-muscle connection is obviously paramount. It's very, very important. So look at it that way. How much tension can I apply to my muscles? Now, it does depend what type of training you're doing. If you're doing heavy lifting, low reps, obviously you're looking to lift the weight with good form, but you're not really going to slow the movement down too much and focus too much on tension. It's a different adaptation. You're looking to lift the weight and get stronger, but you still want good form. But when you're doing, say, 8 to 12, 8 to 12 rep range, for example, which most people tend to stay in, Focus on, right, how can I apply more tension to my muscles? Slowing the reps down, for example. Slowing down the, the lowering portion of each rep. So when you're squatting down, how about you do a three-second eccentric? So as you're going down on a squat, three seconds, four seconds, if you really want to push it, pause at the bottom of the rep for like two seconds, yeah? When, do you, when you look around the gym, when do you ever see people doing this? You never see it. It's very rare you see people doing it. You just look around. People are just getting the reps done. They're not doing slow reps. That's what's going to really get you better results is focusing on technique, maybe slowing the last three reps down, maybe at each set, okay? Or just slowing down the lower portion of each rep. So for example, when you're lowering the dumbbells down to your chest on a dumbbell chest press, how about you do a three, four second count and you pause at the bottom for say two seconds. Like I said, same with the squat. You know, you can apply that to every movement really, but they're just examples of like honing in on technique and tension right? Because those things are going to give you better bang for your buck than just going in, right, I'm going to get a good sweat on, I'm going to get a good pump on, and I'm going to push myself, and then I'm going to get out of there. That's actually quite easy to do. And don't get me wrong, it still takes discipline to do that. But in reality, it doesn't require you to really get inside your body. You have to, don't get me wrong, you still have to connect to your body, but it doesn't require you to apply that intrinsic tension and really focus on that mind-muscle connection, which is the hard part, right? Let's be honest, lifting weights and bodybuilding, and it is an art within itself, right? You can take it from me, obviously, competing at a really high level. So focus on that. When you go into the gym, right, how can I go into the gym and focus on going in there to practice? I'm going to go in and practice, practice, practice until I get better. Practice makes perfect. Instead of going in and thinking, right, workout, think practice session, okay? Little tip. So I wanted to, again, I'm going to skim over a few things on this podcast, uh, and then I'm going to, on later podcasts, delve deeper into the weeds and really go into the science and stuff like that in terms of how you can maximize your results. So top exercises, right? Now I'm gonna 
reel off my top five exercises. I think this might be helpful for you. And this is how I program for clients um, and get the maximum results. And this is what I look at myself, right? So I'd say the top five exercises that are going to get you bang for your buck is going to be squats and deadlifts. Now look at squats and deadlifts like king and queen, right? Squats, king, deadlifts, queen. Now, that being said, with squats, to be honest, obviously I was a trainer for like 13, 14 years. Nine out of 10 people just can't squat properly, right? This day and age, we're sat down more than ever. Long story short, when people squat down, all those discrepancies, all the tight muscle groups, all those poor rec muscle recruitment patterns tend to come out. And then what happens is you get breakdown and you can't squat, especially with a bar on your back, right? When you've got a bar on your back, that's going to bring out all those discrepancies, all those imbalances you have. So nine out of 10 people just can't squat with perfect form, right? So it's a very, very technical movement. So although that's king, doing a squat takes a lot of work, takes a lot of mobility. It takes practice, like to the extreme of what I was just saying. If you could go to the gym and just spend a whole workout a week going, right, how can I get better at squatting, right? Because for me personally, if I get into the bar and squat, I have to do 15 to 20 minutes of mobility. I can get away with not doing mobility, to be honest, although I shouldn't. I can get away with it on every other exercise other than squats. I have to prime my hips. I have to prime my ankles. I have to fire up my core muscles so I don't injure my lower back, right? So it's a very, very technical, complex movement. But that's king. Queen is deadlifts. And then you've got an overhead press, right? So I have a barbell or dumbbells. Now, an overhead press is a very functional movement. You work in the posterior chain, but also it's a fundamental movement, just like a squat or a deadlift. A squat, when you're squatting down, you're going to have to do that for the rest of your life. Deadlift, picking stuff up off the floor. If you stop doing it, you don't use it, you lose it. And when you get older, that's when you run into major problems. If you don't, uh, if you haven't got a good basic foundational level of strength with these movements. Overhead press, obviously, that's one that we don't really use very often, right? You don't really lift your arms overhead very often unless you're on a plane putting your bloody cabin into the thing. But it's one of those things where if you're not doing stuff like overhead press with a barbell or dumbbells with good form, you don't use it, you lose it. And this is part of the reason. There's loads of other reasons. But when you see people who are older and they've got really, really rounded shoulders and they're kind of like really kind of slouched, not slouched, but you know what I mean? Really bad rounded shoulders and really, really poor posture. And, you know, they're a few inches shorter. A lot of that is because they haven't done these movements. If you don't use it, you lose it. And that's when you get real bad issues later down the line. So squats, deadlifts, overhead press, and then you've got a good old pull-up, okay? Now, when it comes to strength, but aesthetics as well, right? Like, to be honest, I haven't really been training arms lately. I've just been doing more pull-ups. As a side effect of that, my biceps have grown, right? And for back, obviously, the best exercise for back thickness and developing your back is always going to be deadlifts. Pull-ups is definitely number two. And I've been doing pull-ups since I was younger. I've got a pull-up bar right here in my house, in my mother's house. been doing them from a young age, and I'm sure that has contributed to me having you know, one of the best backs on stage for sure. Whenever I competed, even at the highest level as a world uh, level athlete, I had um, probably one of the best backs on stage. So obviously genetics play a part in that, but pull-ups is up there and then bench press. So top five squats, deadlifts, overhead press, pull-ups and bench press, right? I'd say they're the top five movements to get bang for your buck in terms of building muscle and overall strength really, right? Now, ladies, if you're listening to this with pull-ups, or even some guys, right? If you can't do a pull-up with good form, practice. Again, practice makes perfect. Um, it takes a lot of work, right? It's hard. When we suck at something, we tend to avoid it, when in reality, we should tackle it, right? So if you're going to do pull-ups, use an assisted, get a band. You know, you can get different levels of bands, like those big loop bands that you can use. Um, and I'll just give you a little inside tip with clients in terms of getting them to develop their pull-up strength and be able to do bodyweight pull-ups. It comes down to frequency. So if you like had the luxury, like I've got a few clients who've got uh, equipment in the house, 
They do pull-ups regular, right? So I had one woman before, this is no lie, within the space of two to three weeks, she went from not being able to do a body, body weight pull-up to being able to do like two to three body weight pull-ups within the space of like two weeks. And how she'd done that was using a band and doing pull-ups three times a day, sometimes four times, and just basically using like a light or medium band, tying that around her feet, tying it around the pull-up bar, and just literally doing like um, two to three reps or doing stopping one rep short of failure and doing that three times a day. Just one set three times a day, that frequency builds your strength up rapidly. It doesn't have to be a workout, just literally one set of pull-ups three times a day, four times a day, stop one shit, one rep short of failure using a band, you'll get up to doing pull-ups in no time. So they're the top five for sure. So the way I would look at that is how can I get those workouts in every week? So for me, I'll talk more about this now, but um, basically this is why generally full body training, uh, 80 to 90% of people minimum are going to get better results from training the full body. Um, I'll talk more about that now. I'll go into more depth, but long story short, the way I look at things is right. If I can get one type of squat into my, I do, I'm only doing three full body workouts a week. That's all I do. Sometimes I'll do like the bands on the days in between quick 10 minute pump up, but three purposeful full body workouts a week. I'm in like incredible shape. One of the best shapes I've been in, obviously not quite stage level, but not too far off to be honest in terms of my aesthetics. I'm in the shape of my life. I'm doing three sessions a week and I get squats in there once a week. I'll do uh, a single leg movement once a week as well. So I'll do like a Bulgarian split squat. It's one of my favorites. I think that's the most underrated exercise for legs on the planet, but it's very technical. Bulgarian split squat, if you don't know, is when you've got one foot on a bench, for example, behind you, and then you've got one foot in front of the bench, just like a, a lunge. It looks like a lunge movement. You've got your foot on the bench behind you, and you just do a deep single leg squat, basically. Um, so Bulgarian split squat, I'll do once a week or some form of a lunge, and then I'll get deadlifts in there, right? So research shows that with training frequency, you'll actually get better results. And this is something that changed the game for me about six years ago. Like I said, I went from doing one body part a session, like six sessions a week, to doing three purposeful full body sessions a week. And the days in between, I would like work on my weaker body parts, but I would just do like a moderate to low intensity workout. So if I had like, I used to struggle with legs, thankfully not anymore, but I used to struggle with legs. And I would do like a 30 minute little pump up on the legs on the days in between those full body sessions on the one day, the other day I might work on my shoulders because I used to struggle with the shoulders. So I do like a 30 minute pump up on shoulders on the days in between. So that's three full bodies, one really, really light pump on the legs, one light pump on uh, shoulders. And then I might do one on arms. For example, if I was training for aesthetics, I might just do a quick 20 minute session on arms then. Um, and that actually had me better results because I was hitting every body part at least three times a week. because I was doing full body, but I wasn't hammering every body part. And that takes me to my next point. So, Research shows, for example, instead of doing, let's say legs, right? If you're anything like me, you used to hammy, you'd hammy your legs on a workout, right? Destroy them, and so you, you crawl in the next day. That's not the way to do it, right? Research actually shows, for example, if you split the total volume over, say, three sessions, right? So instead of doing an all-out one-hour session on legs where you destroy your legs, how about you do, say, 20 minutes on your legs, over the space of three times. So one day, maybe on a Monday, you do 20 minutes on your legs. On a Wednesday, 20 minutes. On a Friday, 20 minutes. Obviously, the intensity and the volume, well, the volume is going to be less, you know, and basically what happens then is you're sending a muscle building signal more frequently. So research shows this time and time again now anyway. You know, if you look into, like, let's say chest, for example, instead of doing, let's use sets as an example. So instead of doing, like, a chest session and doing 21 sets, right? For example, in one session. So you're doing like, I don't know how many different exercises you're doing, like two different presses, you're doing chest flies and all the rest of it. And it totals 21 sets for the session and then not touching your chest until the following week. If you split that into 
21 sets over three days, for example, seven sets Monday, seven sets Wednesday, and seven sets Friday, you'll get better results. You'll build more muscle, right? And research shows this anyway, because remember, with the muscle building signal, the muscle building signal is going to last for 72 hours maximum, really, right? But you're lucky for it to last that long. So if you train your legs on a Monday, you know, by Thursday, that muscle building signal is just dead, then it's gone, right? So you want to be sending that signal more frequently, right? So that doesn't mean you're going to hammer the body part though, right? So if you just do whatever intensity you would normally do, and it could just be like, for example, for me, my full body sessions, I'll just do a chest press. I'll just do like an incline press on, on a Monday. I'll do a flat dumbbell press on a Wednesday. And then I'll do like a, an incline dumbbell press on a Friday, right? So I'm doing the compound movement, the pressing, three different types of presses split over three days. Like I say, I'm in the shape of my life. And actually I feel much better because I'm not, I'm not like running myself down. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So think of that. It doesn't mean everyone listens, everyone listening to this, you know, some people might listen, listen to this might say, right. I like training six times a week. You might be an advanced lifter, right? Well, in that case, you could either a do like a, a push pull split where you're doing like, you know, two leg sessions a week, two pull sessions, and then two push sessions. Right. Um, or you could do like three, full body sessions and then the days in between do what I would do if I'm going to take things to the next level and just do like a 30 minute light pump on your lagging body parts on the, on the three days in between. You see what I mean? So just being smart with your approach um, is, is really, really key and focusing on that training frequency, right? Hitting the body parts, you know, at least two to three times in a week is going to be key. And the reason why 80 to 90% of people get way better results doing the full body is one hitting the body parts more frequently but two, you got to look at the behavioral aspect of, of training. The average person is not, not going to stick to five or six workouts a week for the rest of their life. The average person loses consistency. So they might do five or six workouts for a few months and then stop and lose the consistency altogether. The person who chips away doing you know two to three, four body workouts every week, week in, one, one, week, in week out, is going to get superior results because they're hitting every body part two to three times in a week and they're being consistent, right? goes back to what I said at the start. Um, so yeah, anyway, I'm going to leave it there. There's a lot of information there. And in terms of the intensity, one more thing I wanted to say on training intensity is, uh, you know, how intense should you train? It really depends. But ultimately, you shouldn't, you should feel like you've done something the next day, but you shouldn't feel like, you know, like you're sore for longer than a day or two, right? If you're sore for longer than a day or two, your muscles, then you've probably done too much. And you're going to probably slow down progress because the body needs to adapt. Believe it or not, it's a poor metric in terms of going, right, how do I judge if I had an effective workout or how sore am I? It's a really, really poor way to look at it. Ultimately, that doesn't tell us anything. If anything, it tells us the opposite. If you're sore for longer than a day or two, you've done too much and your body's going to prioritize recovery over adaptation. We're always trying to get our body to adapt to what we're doing and get stronger and build muscle. We're not trying to hammer our body so it has to try and recover, recover, recover and chase its tail. You know what I mean? So ultimately, you shouldn't be aching for longer than a day or two. You should feel like you've done something the next day. Um, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean you should, you know, there's a place for intensity and you still want to train hard at times, but that really depends. There's a lot of factors that come into that. Um, but you shouldn't really feel like you have to lie down on the couch after training, right? If you feel like you've got to lie down after training on the couch, you've crossed the line. You've done too much. You should be leaving the gym feeling energized. That's a sweet spot. You go, you leave the gym feeling better than when you went in and you, you feel energized all over, right? 
that's the sweet spot. Okay. So that's enough in this episode on training methods and the fundamentals. I will be going deeper into this anyway, as we go. So ladies and gents, uh, go follow me on YouTube. I've got loads of exercise on there. If you want to see more in-depth technique videos and stuff like that, Martin Silver Fitness. And if you're listening or watching this now, then uh, please, you know, just tag me on your story. I'd love you to tag me on your story. I'd love to see where you're at in the world. Um, I know 45% of my audience are in the US, um, but it'd be good to see where you're at and just tag me on your story at Martin Silver Fitness. Um, I'd love to connect with you and over and out. Thanks for tuning in.